So when there are months that have five Sundays in them, uh, we will not have kids' church. At this time, all of the kids that want to head off to uh, kids' church or the nursery, you guys can head that way now. Um, uh, but next Sunday, we won't have a kids' church. Uh, we will have uh, church uh, for the rest of us, right? We will have church in here that we can all understand, and those kids will be invited to stay here and uh, be a part of a, um, a family worship time. And uh, that's also uh, a reminder that uh, next Sunday uh, after church, there is a potluck. There is a potluck. So if you uh, uh, needed a reason to come back to church next week, uh, well, come back for Jesus and then you can eat too. But anyway, there's a potluck next week. Hey, last week we um, we started this series and it's going to run for a while. Next week we're not going to be dealing with this uh, topic because we're going to uh, address kind of the kids stuff. Uh, that I better understand. And um, But uh, last week we started off with this thing, be like Jesus, and said that uh, copy machine, there's a copy machine, and uh, you know, you put raw paper in there, blank paper, and, and sometimes it gets kind of jammed up, or there's a wheel or something in there that doesn't kind of spit out exactly. Uh, but the idea is, is that it would make copies. It would make copies. We said the church is supposed to be like a copy machine and uh, that we come to church and that we would pray that we pray, uh, dear God, please make me a copy of your son. Make me, I want to be more like Jesus, be like Jesus. And uh, last week, if you were here, you know, we talked about baptism. I think on the next slide here, these are some of the things that we're going to be covering over here. And uh, last week we said uh, uh, Jesus was baptized. And so we want my baptism to look like Jesus's baptism. We talked a lot about baptism last week and what that looked like. And um, uh, today we're going to talk about uh, Jesus was tempted and, uh, and you know, what's that, how's that relate to my temptation? And then uh, after we do next week's uh, break and uh, we're going to look at Jesus's suffering and how that relates to me and his death and, and his resurrection and his ministry. And so that's kind of where we're heading to this thing because we want to be able to pray, dear God, make me a copy of your son, Jesus. Make me a copy, make me be like him. And so uh, today we're going to talk about uh, uh, being tempted, being tempted. Here's what I think about temptation. And, um, uh, you ever, you ever in your spiritual journey, you ever kind of walk around and look at people and just kind of think to yourself, why can't I be more like, uh, somebody that just seems to have accomplished things spiritually? Uh, they seem to have a tackle, you know, have a tackled, uh, they seem to know their Bible really well, and they don't seem to struggle with sin, at least when I uh, look at them, they don't seem to wrestle with that, and they're uh, kind of on top of their game, and, and uh, we kind of can go through life going, you know, well, I struggle with sin, and I'm not always the person that uh, Jesus really wants me to be, and, and we wrestle with that, and we look at others, and we begin to kind of compare ourselves, and and uh, we wonder, uh, you know, is there something wrong with me? Am I, you, we even question our salvation, you know, am I really saved? Because I, I wrestle with uh, this sin. But here's what I want you to know this morning is this. If you wrestle with sin, and if you feel like you are wrestling with temptation, and you don't, you don't have it 100%, and you feel like you're wrestling with the devil, and you're wrestling with sin all the time, that makes you like Jesus. It makes you like Jesus. Jesus was tempted. Jesus was tempted. And so uh, think about it. Last week, we talked about the fact that Jesus was baptized. Remember, he goes down and see uh, John the Baptist. They go down into the River Jordan, and, and John baptizes him. And then um, the, the dove appears. You know, this is my son, whom I love, and I'm well pleased with him. Then what was the very next thing that happens to Jesus when he kicks off his earthly ministry? He is tempted. He's tempted. 
And so Jesus was tempted, uh, we're going to be tempted. And so here's, I want to just kind of cover some things. And you got your, your bulletin there, and you can see that there's an outline in there. And, and it's kind of a long outline. And so I hope that you have your favorite football games uh, DVR'd. And, uh, you know, you can watch them at midnight tonight when we get home. And, um, and so uh, the truth about temptation, we're going to talk about the truth about temptation. And uh, one of the truths about temptation is this. This is comforting. It is not a sin to be tempted. It is not a sin to be tempted. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 says, Jesus has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Jesus was tempted. Not a sin to be tempted. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 18, because he himself suffered, When he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Jesus understands temptation, and he will not scold you. He will not be upset with you if you feel tempted. If you say, why am I wrestling with such desires? Why are these things inside of me? I must be bad. I must be separated from God. I must not have the Spirit know. You're normal. You will be tempted. So, truth about temptation, it's not a sin to be tempted. Another one, you will never outgrow temptation. That might be frustrating and disappointing, but the reality is is that uh, we are human, we live on this planet, and this planet has been corrupted by the devil, and uh, we are more than willing to uh, sort of engage in uh, some of the temptation, uh, just like Eve was when the temptation is thrown at us. And so as long as we are on planet Earth, and as long as we are uh, confined by the rules of this planet, we are going to be tempted. You will never outgrow temptation. Temptation is not a sign of weakness. It is a sign that the devil is still alive and well. Next one. This one, write this one down for sure. Temptation attracts both weaknesses and strengths. Temptation will attack your weaknesses and your strengths. You know, the devil will prey on both of them. A lot of times when we think about people that struggle with sin or something like that, we'll think about some addictive behavior that they have. You know, they, they wrestle with alcoholism or they, uh, they, they, they wrestle with drugs or they wrestle with porn or uh, whatever the case might be. They're out there and they, they got this weakness that's in them and the devil's kind of grinding on this thing. It's their weakness and, and, uh, uh the, the devil will use that and he will uh, leverage that. And uh, we tend to see uh, those addictive behaviors as a weakness and uh, their vulnerabilities. But, Uh, The truth of the matter is, is that Jesus uh, can also uh, tempt us in our strengths. The devil is never going to come up to me. The devil is never going to come up to me and say, Steve, I dare you to turn that stone into bread. You know why he's never going to tempt me that way? Because I can't turn a stone into bread. But Jesus could. 
Jesus had the authority, uh, the ability, the power to turn a stone into uh, bread, and that is a strength of Jesus. And so uh, Jesus didn't go after the weakness of, or the devil didn't go after uh, the weakness of Jesus. He went after the strength of Jesus. And the devil will do that to us as well. The devil uh, will try to get uh, you off your game by going after uh, your strengths. Think about the art community. Think about how many wonderful artists there are that can make beautiful things, yet the devil has leveraged their strength to make icky stuff, right? Uh, whether that be a gross, a grotesque art that is displayed and uh, there is bizarre art that is displayed this, uh, that uh, that is uh, a blasphemous uh, to Jesus. There's uh, there is art that is displayed, and uh, but these uh, people have beautiful, creative minds, and they think about uh, music and and the talent that is there, and they'll go after uh, strengths as well. And, and maybe he's even uh, going after some of uh, your strengths. You know, are you are you talented and? Um, you can do some things in the workplace that maybe other people can't do. But then is the devil leveraging that to make you prideful in that? And maybe, maybe you're pretty persuasive. Maybe you're in sales. And, but are you being manipulative? And so the devil will come after us. And he'll find ways and he'll find some area in our life, whether it's a strength or a weakness, and he'll leverage his way in there. And that temptation attacks both our weaknesses and our strengths. And that's why we need to know this. After a spiritual high, you can expect a spiritual test. Exactly what happened to Jesus, right? His dad shows up and says, this is my son. He just gets this fantastic attaboy from his dad. Pat on the back. You are my son. You know, I am the son of God. Pretty high. Pretty high. Devil shows up. Temptation begins. We read about it in the book of Luke, chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the desert where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. Here's a question. You ever say, I'm going to make a change in my life? Um, you ever kind of sing along with Michael Jackson? I'm looking at the man in the mirror and I'm going to make a change. You know, it's time to make a change. You ever have something that you're wrestling with in your life and uh, you just declare, you know, I'm going to draw a line in the sand. I'm going to step over. You know, uh, today's the day it's going to all come to an end and, and I'm putting this to an And, uh, you know, I'm going to claim victory in Jesus and, and this thing's going to be behind me. And, and uh, from this point forward, I'm going to read my Bible every day and I'm going to pray every day and, and then you find yourself getting all beat up and, you know, before the week's end, you're in a worse place than you were before the whole thing started. Ever have that happen? Have you been caught in this cycle of, I have really good intentions. Go. Oh, but I failed. 
Oh, God, here I am again for the 4,000th time. I'm coming to you, and I'm ashamed of myself. The devil's a liar. The devil's a punk. He's really good at what he does. After a spiritual high, you can expect a spiritual test. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 says, No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Think about that. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Jesus was out there for 40 days with nothing to eat. That's a lot. That's a lot. If God will allow his son to go 40 days without food, being pushed on by the devil, you might find yourself in some places that are difficult, but no, God is in the mix. God was there. He was involved. He was aware. There are probably things that we can learn from that experience. So what do we do? What do we do when temptation comes our way? Are you, are you pleased right now with how quickly we're making our way through this outline? Are you going, oh yeah, wow, we are going to make it for lunch, right? We're just kind of flying right through this thing. And everybody's, taking, everybody's breathing easier and I can talk slower now because we're... Write this down. So what do you do? Get into the Word of God. Get into the Word of God. Jesus only did one thing when he was tempted. You, you know what he did. You tell me. What did Jesus do when he was tempted? He mumbled a lot. <laughs> Had no confidence in his answer. And Jesus said, what did he do? I heard you guys say it. Say it. He quoted scripture. He quoted scripture, right? And so you can't quote something that you don't know. And so what do you need to do? The book of Psalm chapter 119 verse 11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart. So get to know scripture, put it in your heart. Why? That I might not sin against you. Which begs the question, if you're wrestling with a sin that's hard to overcome, then you have to ask yourself, am I spending any time in scripture, right? Am I reading my Bible? And, and a lot of times we know the answer to that. We beat ourselves up about, oh, I know I should, you know, oh, shucks, right? You know, that whole thing. But we know, we know what we need to do. We need to be in the word and we need to do this. Identify your vulnerabilities. Identify your vulnerabilities. Matthew chapter 26, verse 40 says, it says, watch and pray. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into Temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Watch, watch, and pray. Watch. That means your head's up and you're looking around. You're being aware. 
You're making yourself aware. You are watching, you know. You ever try to uh, walk through your uh, living room in the middle of the night when there's no lights on, you know. You're, you're going pretty gentle, aren't you? Because you don't want to stub your toe or when your kids are little, you want to step on that Lego, right? Uh, you're, you're, you're watching, you're watching. And if you got to go slow and watch, then you go slow and watch. Otherwise, you turn on some lights so it will be illuminated. You're watching, you're, wa- you're looking, you're looking. He says, watch and pray. What's that mean to watch? Well, here you go. Watch and pray. Identify your vulnerabilities. Ask yourself this question. When am I most tempted? What time of day? What day of the week? So in your mind's eye, kind of put together a calendar. Seven days in a week, you know, yeah. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Kind of got a block here, okay? And uh, when are you most tempted? When do you wrestle? When do you wrestle with sin? When oh, you, you want to identify, you know, watch, you know, observe, you're going to be mindful about how you're living your life. Uh, when am I most tempted? So you ask yourself that question. When am I most tempted? And then here's another question. When am I most, when am I most tempted? Where am I most tempted? Where am I most tempted? Um, Am I uh, at the mall? You know, I wrestle with uh, shopping and spending. And, you know, am I at Walmart? Am I at Menards? Am I, am I at the store? That's, that's when I, I, I wrestle with, uh, am, I, am I in the kitchen? You know, I'm trying really hard. I got some goals set. But here I find myself with the refrigerator door propped open again. Where are you when you are tempted? Is it when uh, you're traveling? Is it when uh, you're uh, in front of the computer screen? And where are you when you are tempted? Where are you? So when and where, when and where, can watch. Who is with me when I am tempted? Am I alone when I am tempted? Are there people who influence me? Um, am I in a crowd full of people going along with the crowd? Or am I all alone and it's very ambiguous and it's just kind of, Who's with me when I am tempted, when I am wrestling with the sin that is in me? And maybe there's some people there that you need to identify. It seems like every time I get in trouble, I'm with these guys. Every time I do things, I don't wish, you know, who are you with? Or are you all by yourself when there's no one else along, around? And are you all alone and you're in a room by yourself and nothing but you and the computer? And where, where, when am I tempted? Where am I tempted? Who is with me? How do I feel right before I'm tempted? This is important. How do I feel? Are there emotional triggers that I can identify? Am I frustrated? Am I exhausted? Am I angry? Am I stressed? Has boredom set in? Is there restlessness? Do you feel completely lonely, alone? And so we can kind of build and put a pin on the calendar, and we can begin to watch and pray, be aware, pray, and identify when we are about to enter into sin. That leads to the next step. Plan what you're not going to do. Make a plan 
for what you're not going to do when you feel tempted. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 26 and 27 says, Make level paths for your feet, and take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. Plan to stay away from people and places and circumstances that lead you to temptation. Now, doesn't that sound obvious? But isn't that sometimes hard to do? Because sometimes what that means is that uh, there are people in my life that I should not have in my life. And maybe I need to stop associating with some people in my life. And that can be very uncomfortable. And then you're going to have to go through this whole thing where they don't understand why you're not associating with them anymore. And you got to wade through those waters, but you have to watch and be aware and pray. And then maybe, the Lord willing, uh, when you can uh, uh, get turned around and you get back on uh, the path and you're going down the straight and narrow again, then maybe you reconnect with them and you tell them the story about how you were once lost, but now you are found. And you invite them to go on your journey journey, uh, with you. And so uh, you plan what you're not going to do or maybe who you're not uh, going to be about. Uh, This is why we have the next step. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. James chapter 1 verse 14 says, But each one is tempted when by his own evil desires, everybody poke the person next to you and say, by your evil desires. You do that right now. Poke them and say, by your evil desires. See, but each one is tempted when he, by his own evil desires. Did you know that the person that's sitting next to you has evil desires? The Bible says so. That's right. Some of you guys, oh, yeah, I'll tell you all about them, right? You know, so who wants to go first? You know, step up here. Just don't ask my wife. She's not here today. She's California. So, but each one of you is tempted when by his own evil desires, he is dragged away and enticed. Our temptation comes from within us, from within us. Some I'm not I'm not a fisherman really. Um, I used to live on a, a pond, the house that we moved from, and I had a pond in the backyard. And sometimes I'd I'd go out there and uh, throw a, a, you know the line out into the pond there, and there, there's a lot of fish in there. And um, one of the craziest things I ever saw was a good friend of mine, Travis, came out and he had this little little dinky. Uh, 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 smaller than a John boat. It was like this two-seater plastic thing, and it had this little uh, battery-operated uh, trolling motor on that thing. And he goes out there, and he's zipping around on the pond. And he, I'd never seen anything like this before. He's, maybe, maybe you fisher people know all about this stuff, but he had, he had a lure that he put on the end of his pole, and it was a mouse. It, it looked exactly like a mouse. They had big old hooks in it. And he would throw that thing off into the weeds, and every time that thing hit the water, boom, a bass would hit that thing so hard. I had no idea that that bass like to eat mice. But why did that work? It's because bass must like to eat mice. I didn't know that. And so this is not going to tempt me. Nobody's ever going to put a mouse on my plate and tempt me to eat it. (laughs) However, 
You ever had a Krispy Kreme donut right off of the hot rack? Oh, man, you put that thing there, there is no way I'm not going to dive into that thing, right? Each one is tempted by... We're always fishing. We're that fish. We're looking around. The devil's going to drop in that lure. And my lure might look different than your lure, but the devil knows what's going on. And he tempts us. And he tempts us. And he tempts us. Really good at it. So guard your heart. Guard your heart. But each one is tempted when by his own evil desires he's dragged away and enticed. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 says, above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. It is the wellspring. Guard your heart. That means understand what tempts you. Understand what lure the devil might use so that when you see it hit the water, you turn away from it because you know you're going to get hooked. But guard your heart. Do this. Pray for deliverance. Pray for deliverance. Here's a long-winded, old theological prayer. Been prayed by a lot of monks over the years, and they had to work really hard to memorize it. It goes like this. Help! That's it. Sometimes that what, that's what we need to pray. Dear God, help me. Because the devil is so smart, and it seems like when I zig, he zags, and I don't ever feel like I can get around this thing. Help me. And he will. He will. He will help. Guard your heart. Pray for deliverance. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. When you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. We need to pray. When you see the lure hit the water, pray. 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 Dear God, help me not to go down that road. And then uh, we will already be equipped to know when that lure is going to hit the water. Because on our calendar, we already know when we're most likely to see the lure drop into the water. Does that make sense? That makes sense? You tracking with this? The devil will tempt us. He does that, right? So pray for deliverance. Refocus your attention. Refocus your attention. Do not resist temptation. Don't try to stay and fight the devil. He has more experience. Just leave. If I stay and fight, if I stay and fight with a donut, I'll lose. If I'm standing in the kitchen, there's, oh, you put a bag of sugar in the kitchen and I lose. I love sugar. But if I walk away and I leave, I'm not as tempted. And so I can't stand there and try to argue with it. Otherwise, I'll be hooked. So refocus your attention and then do this. In conclusion, find a friend. Find a friend. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 and 10 says, 
Two are better than one because they have a good return on their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. One hard thing about temptation is uh, too often we think we can fight it alone. Um, Jesus relied heavily on his dad when he was being tempted. He quoted scripture that his father had put in his heart. You know, the, uh, the apostles, even when Jesus did send them out, he would send them out two by two. Now, there was a group of them that were together. Here's the tricky thing about sin is that too often, and you've heard me say this over and over again, it's one of my favorite uh, sayings, the problem with most of us is that we are like the rest of us. But too often we think about the sin that we have in our life, and we think, well, there's probably nobody else in the room that wrestles with that. But the truth is, somebody else has got to be wrestling with it, because it's common to man. It's common to man. And our pride gets in the way, and we don't want anybody else to know. And I would never suggest that you approach someone that you don't know well and say, well, there's something that I, I want you to know. Uh, I struggle with this deep, dark secret, and then you just kind of dump it on them. They'll look at you like you're weird. But there are people that you can go to, and you can say, you know, would you, would you just kind of help hold me accountable because I want to I read my Bible? And then maybe after you spend six months or a year just holding each other accountable reading your Bible, then maybe you'll find that you've got a friend that can come alongside you. But don't do life alone. We can't defeat temptation alone. We're not supposed to defeat it alone. As iron sharpens iron, we're supposed to pull alongside each other. So listen. I don't know where you are in your spiritual journey. I don't know if you've been baptized into Christ a long time ago and you feel like, you know, uh, you got it all under control. If that's who you are and you're not coming alongside somebody that doesn't do life that way, you have a problem that you need to take up with the Lord because you should be pulling up alongside some people. And if you're wrestling with sin and you're not even sure if you are saved, you've never been baptized into Christ, I'd love to have that conversation with you. I'd like to see you get baptized the way that Jesus was baptized. I'd like you to start your ministry for Jesus, knowing that temptation will come, but knowing that you are not alone and that you have brothers and sisters in the faith. So God's working on you. He's tugging on you. What we need to do now is be obedient to him. So let's pray. Father God, thank you for the gift of your son who has defeated the enemy on the cross. He's already won. Help us to live that way, knowing we're on your side. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.